Hey guys, what's up? My name's Ines. I write kissing books. And today I'm having a bit of a breakdown because he liked it and he put a ring on it. But I'm not so sure this marriage is really convenient. Let me break it down for you. My favorite trope is forced proximity and specifically marriage of convenience. And that's what we're talking about today. In the marriage of convenience trope, the hero and heroine enter into a marriage, not out of love, but for practical, strategic, or urgent reasons. These reasons can vary widely, but often include securing a fortune, fulfilling a last will, gaining a title, or even as a form of protection. As the story progresses, this arrangement, initially built on convenience or necessity, leads to genuine feelings and deep emotional connections. The beauty of this trope lies in the journey from practicality to passion, where the characters gradually discover love and intimacy in a relationship that wasn't initially romantic. This trope works wonderfully because it forces the characters into close proximity and creates a fertile ground for romantic tension, misunderstandings, and the gradual unveiling of deeper emotions. It's like watching a flower bloom. The relationship starts as something practical and slowly unfolds into something beautiful and heartfelt. It is my favorite trope and I've studied it, written it, broken it down into a formula, and here are the seven elements of a marriage of convenience. Number one, reason. The reason for the marriage of convenience must be compelling enough to justify the decision to marry, and it often reveals a lot about the character's priorities and situations. These reasons can range from financial gain, social status, legal necessity, and even safety. Number two, the vow. Despite the practicality of the situation, the act of making vows are like swearing an oath. It brings the characters out of pretend as they make their promise. They're thinking about the reasons and now they're reciting the promise, almost like a spell. Number three, my favorite, the kiss. The first kiss can stir unexpected emotions, planting the seeds of future romance. And it's always hilarious to me that these dummies get to the, in front of the justice of the peace or the preacher or whomever is marrying them. And they're like, oh, we got a kiss. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Think about the 12 stages of intimacy. Kissing is number seven on that 12 point level. You're more than halfway to the home run. Number four, the fun and games or the falling in love moments. During this phase, the characters start to see each other in new lights. This whole sequence is filled with moments of levity, deeper understanding, and growing attraction, often happening during everyday activities or shared challenges. Number five, the mirror moment. This is when the characters realize their true feelings, often leading to internal conflict as they reconcile these emotions with the original pragmatic reasons for their marriage. Number six, the dark moment. The climax of external conflict, often where the initial arrangement for the marriage is threatened or exposed, leads to the crisis. This moment tests the strength of the bond that is developed 
And it often brings underlying conflicts to a head when the reason for the marriage is unveiled either to everyone or internally to themselves or interpersonally to each other. And finally, number seven, the grand gesture. In true romance fashion, this is where one or both characters makes a significant, often public declaration of their love. It's a moment of vulnerability and courage where they demonstrate their commitment and the depth of their feelings and show that this inconvenient marriage is now a necessity in their lives. Some of my favorite examples in terms of movies is the magic of ordinary days. If you've never seen Magic of Ordinary Days, run, don't walk to take a look at this film where a big city student, heroine, goes to uh, the middle of America and marries a farmer to hide her pregnancy with every intention of returning to the college professor who got her pregnant, but she falls in love with the simple farmer. Then there's Green Card. Yes, a callback to the 90s where a botanist, Andy McDowell, wants access to a roof with an amazing greenhouse. And so she marries Gerard Depardieu to help him get his green card. And they're complete opposites. And the more recent, The Proposal, starring our girl Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, which the proposal is so incredibly meta because Sandra Bullock's character is Canadian, living and working in the United States. And she has to get married in order to get her citizenship to Ryan Reynolds, who in real life is Canadian. It's perfect. Some of my favorite marriage of convenience books are Grace Goodwin's Interstellar Brides, oh, with the premise that these um, with the premise that these alien warriors will protect Earth as long as they continue to send them brides because women are scarce where they come from. It's just perfect. Just realize that these books start with the women, the heroines, having their brains scanned so that the heroes can understand if they are sexually compatible. <laughs> if that stops you, don't go forward. If that lights up your brain, <laughs> read all of these books. Another favorite of mine is the Chance Creek, or better known as the Email Order Bride series by Cora Seaton. This is an annual reread for me. Um, some notable ones are Trophy Husband and Convenient Marriages series by Noelle Adams. She is an autobi for me, um, as well as Devil in Winter, which is Evangeline and Lord St. Vincent's story. But one of my absolute favorite marriage of conveniences is Courtney Milan's The Governess Affair. This is a short novelette. I think it's like 20,000 words. I didn't even realize it was 20,000 words because it hits every single button in my brain that lights up about marriage of convenience. And it, she usually has it set for free, but seriously, buy that woman a coffee because this book is so good. Some others uh, in the TV realm, none of which I've seen, are 90 Day Fiance, Love is Blind, and The Bachelor all revolve around a marriage of convenience. When crafting your own marriage of convenience story, you'll want to pay particular attention to the seven elements as well as the character dynamics and the emotional journey. Speaking of character dynamics, you want to delve into the character archetypes typically involved in this trope. It's often characters with contrasting personalities or opposite backgrounds that are forced into proximity. This is how the stage is often set for conflict in these kinds of romances. So opposites attract, enemies to lovers, good girl versus bad boy, or vice versa. 
with regards to the emotional journey, it should follow a progression from reluctance or indifference to deep emotional connection and love. And I want to break this down a little bit further. I think that there are seven things within the emotional journey that you should pay attention to. There's often that initial reluctance or indifference. This is when the story typically begins with the characters entering the marriage with little to no romantic interest in each other. The story typically begins with the characters entering the marriage with little to no romantic interest in each other. The characters often see the marriage purely as a means to an end. Then number two, there's an awkward adjustment period. So following the marriage, there's a phase where the characters adjust to their new lives together. This period is ripe with awkward interactions, misunderstandings, and perhaps even conflict as they navigate the complexities of sharing a life with someone they don't love romantically. Which leads to number three, growing acquaintance and appreciation. So gradually, the characters begin to understand and appreciate each other. This could be through shared experiences, witnessing admirable qualities in one another, or simply getting to know each other better. It's important in this phase to show the characters seeing beyond their initial assumptions or prejudices. Then number four, emerging feelings as well as denial. As they grow closer, romantic feelings start to emerge. This phase is often marked by denial as admitting these feelings would challenge the very foundation of their pragmatic marriage. Number five, the connection starts to deepen. Eventually, the characters can no longer deny their growing connection. This is often a tender phase filled with moments of intimacy and vulnerability and deepening emotional bonds. It's key to show their feelings are based on a genuine understanding and appreciation of each other. Usually this is happening in the fun and games moment where they're going on their dates, air quotes, and they're getting to know the true, real person that they just married. Then number six, conflict and realization. Despite the deepening connection, there's often a conflict or crisis that forces the characters to confront their feelings. This could be an external threat or an internal realization. It's a pivotal moment where they must decide whether this relationship is just a convenient arrangement or something more. Which leads us to number seven, acceptance and commitment. Finally, the characters accept their true feelings and commit to each other, not out of convenience, but out of love. This often involves overcoming obstacles or making sacrifices, underscoring the depth of their true feelings. The evolution of the marriage and convenience trope from historical to contemporary romance reflects a broader social and cultural changes that have happened over time, particularly in attitudes towards marriage individual autonomy, and the notion of romantic love. In historical settings, marriages were often arranged for economic security, social standing, or political alliances. Romance was a secondary consideration if it was considered at all. Typically, historical romances portrayed a power imbalance with women often having less agency. Marriages of convenience were sometimes the only means for a woman to secure her future. These stories were grounded in the norms and values of their time, where duty and social obligations often superseded personal desires. In modern settings, while economic or social gains remain reasons for a marriage of convenience, the motivations have diversified. 
These include legal benefits, immigration issues, business arrangements, or even quirky bets and challenges. Contemporary stories often depict characters entering into these arrangements on more equal terms, reflecting modern ideals of gender equality and personal agency. Modern narratives use the trope to explore themes of self-discovery, personal growth, and the re-evaluation of one's priorities and desires. The trope mirrors the evolution of societal attitudes towards marriage and relationships. It challenges the traditional notion that romantic love is only is the only valid basis for marriage. There's a compelling fantasy element where a practical arrangement that transforms into genuine love is appealing to this romantic ideal of finding love in unexpected places. I think modern readers enjoy the escapism these stories offer while appreciating the more realistic portrayal of relationships and personal struggles. Contemporary versions often incorporate relevant social issues like immigration or LGBTQ plus rights, providing a platform for discussing these topics within a romantic framework. The enduring appeal of the marriage and convenience trope in contemporary romance lies in its ability to adapt to changing societal values while maintaining the core fantasy of discovering love in unexpected circumstances. It resonates with readers who appreciate both the romantic escapism and the more grounded, realistic portrayal of relationships and individual struggles in the modern world. The marriage of convenience trope has a rich history that mirrors societal views on marriage, on love and individual agency. From strategic alliances in ancient times to a tool for social critique and exploration of personal desires in modern literature, this trope has evolved significantly, always offering fresh insights into the human experience of love and relationships. Hey, you want a more in-depth exploration of pacing? Try out my patron or pacing course, How to Write a Binge-Worthy Novel in 21 Days at AnnesseWrites.com forward slash PTP for patient or pacing. You can also read more breakdowns and chat with others on my free Substack at AnnesseWrites.Substack.com. In the meantime, you go get them words and I'll try to keep it together until the next time that we break it down. I'll see you then. Bye.